You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Chris Verrosen. I'm joined by Joyce. And Joyce, I- I'm in an undisclosed location. We had to hop on on Monday morning. Uh, and this, are you, are you being held hostage? Because that's not a bare wall behind you. No, no, it, it, I'm not hostage. I'm just in my in my okay. basement. Um, but okay. we're, we're, we're here to talk uh, about the Critics' Choice Award nominations just out as we're recording this. Moments, maybe like 30 minutes ago, they came out. Uh, and, you know, maybe at the end of this, maybe we'll touch on the, the succession finale because I know we were... You know we will. <laughs> we're delightfully texting about how tremendous it was. and You remains, know, we just, we stay on brand. Remains that's, uh, that's my favorite frontrunner for best picture. I'm still, I'm going to figure out how to get it in there uh, for the nominees. We can, we can hack it somehow, I think. Okay. But yeah. the Critics' Choice Awards nominations, uh, Joyce, out this morning. Uh, well, afternoon you, for us. Afternoon. <laughs> what, 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 do you, what are your top line uh, thoughts on these? Right before uh, nothing surprising at all, really. Um, you know, I guess the most surprising thing is that they did not go beyond six nominations in really any category, right? Doesn't like last year, we have like, like eight nominees and like actress, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, and there were a lot of maybe ties. Uh, yeah, ties. And yeah, so like this, I I feel like in, in an effort to, you know, uh, be uh, the televised uh, kickoff to award yes. season yes. in January, you know, they, they, you know, they know what people say about them and their, you know, uh, rather long list of nominees sometimes. And they already have six nominations as their standard instead of five. So they're like covered as like the best Oscar predictor anyway. So like all the acting categories have six nominations and nothing is really surprising here. This is like, like, you know, the, the usual suspects in our odds, our Oscar odds, even not even like critics choice odds. Yeah, it does feel like very much like a cut and paste from the combined Gold Derby odds, which you yeah. can look at at goldderby.com. You should actually go and, and look. If you're watching this, just go click over and start making picks. But because that's seemingly what the Critics' uh, Choice Awards maybe did. But why don't we start with Best Picture, Joyce? Uh, right mm-hmm. before recording, I was like, oh, they just did the AFI list, but we flopped in Belfast for the tragedy of Macbeth because Belfast wasn't eligible for AFI. So the nominees yeah. are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Dune. King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom, and West Side Story. Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty much my list, I think, at the moment. Yeah, that's, I mean, if, if you told me that is the best picture top 10, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have that exactly. I currently have um, Macbeth in there instead of Nightmare Alley. Interesting. So, yeah, so I have, I have yeah. that 10. So I am, I am, a, I should be, a, I could be a member of the, with my 10, I could be a member of the Critics' Choice. Yeah. Program. Why not? But uh, yeah, no, nothing really surprising there. I guess if there was a difference here in the Oscars, I mean, like you said, like Tragedy Macbeth seemingly is an option. Being the Ricardos would be another option. I think those are probably the only two serious, serious movies that aren't in there. Right. I mean, anything else that would like be a potential nominee? I don't know. I I mean, I, I guess like they're probably was like maybe an outside chance that last duel could have shown up here because you know uh like when it premiered like a month after it's like rather you know like so so like venice reviews like people were into it that's true um but it didn't show up here you know i 
So and no, uh, no House of Gucci either. But the reviews. No House of Gucci. No, it's funny. You like we're talking about the reviews. Don't look up. Like we had mentioned last week, incredibly polarizing, and uh, maybe like 50-50 split on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. But here it is as a best picture nominee for the Critics' Choice Award. So I mean, I, I I I never like flailed about like whether or not we'll get into best picture. No, <laughs> like, but it's, I'm keeping it's that. Critics, <laughs> it's the Critics' Choice Award. You think they'd be like, oh, maybe we should have? I don't know. Who knows? You know, sure. like some people like it. Like it's great. I love it. Like, I, like I, would, what you I, like. I, would, I would have put it in. I'm, I'm yeah. not against it being in. It just makes me makes me chuckle. I guess choice that it's in as a critical because it's such a critically divisive film. It seems, but uh, no, it is it is good. So that's a good list. Again, I would say this is my like my ten for the Oscars, and I would have Power of the Dog winning, and I'm going to keep Power of the Dog on top. I think, but you know, we'll see. Well, that's, that's for the Oscars. What do you think will win? I think for this too, I think it'll win. Cause I think that we had, you, uh, we were talking briefly before we started recording or maybe you were like, the Critics' Choice Awards definitely want to, uh, maybe like, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Not rubber stamp, but like predict the Oscars. Right. Yeah. Well, cause yeah, cause like they're before the Oscars, like it. Yeah. Cause they, they they pride themselves of being like the best Oscar predictor. Correct. There you go. So I think that's why Power of the Dog will win because I still think it's a front runner to win at the Oscars. So while I love West Side Story and I think that's a good option for number two, I would still put Power of the Dog as my top pick. It's it's like interesting because I, I I think like you know like last year like No Man won everything, but the year before you know Parasite obviously won Best Picture, but here Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won, and then I they mean, had that director tie with Sam Mendes mm-hmm. and Bong Joon Ho. I guess you could, the other thing would be like, what, like Coda was, I think, I'm sorry, Belfast, I think had the most nominations, right? With 11, uh, Belfast and West Side Story uh, had, 11. had 11. And then Power of the Dog with 10. So it's possible, I guess, that one of either Belfast or, or uh, West Side Story can win. But I'm going to stick with Power of the Dog. Uh, let's do Best Actor again. Pretty uh, expected, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Cage, though, for Pig. I was actually hoping he would win at the New York Film Critics Circle. I thought that was like a good spot for him. I still think he could win at like, LA Film Critics Circle uh, or Film Critics Association, whatever they are. Um, but he got nominated here. Then Cumberbatch, Dinklage, Garfield, Will Smith, and Denzel Washington. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, this was, I think this is one of the categories uh, in which they had eight nominations last year, including our, our guy, Ben Affleck, for The Way Back. Which was great. I still think he could have won. He was great in The Way Back. Um, uh, yeah. So I guess so the, this- I would say with six, the, to me, like what stands out is who's not here. So Cage, like with those like crit- definitely a critical favorite for pig. I feel like a lot of critics really liked it, but no Bradley Cooper for nightmare alley, no Leo for, uh, don't look up kind of surprised. Joaquin Phoenix didn't make this list for come on, come on. Another movie, like really strong critical notice. Come on, come on on here at all. I don't, I don't think so. Is so it, like, that seems, replay? Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll get, I guess we'll get to it. I didn't okay. scroll. I didn't keep, I didn't <laughs> gotta keep scrolling. Right? So I'm only you haven't even looked at the entire list yet. I, I have, but I'm just not I don't have <laughs> committed to memory. Um, no, I don't know. I was surprised that of all those like uh, contenders that cage came in, but I guess that maybe that speaks to the fact that like none of like, they're all probably with small amounts of support. And I wonder if that'll like, like, you know what I mean? Like there's probably like four or five of these guys are like consensus picks. And then for that last spot or the sixth spot, there is like pockets of support for everybody. So I'm sure for every Leonardo DiCaprio person, there's probably a Cooper person or Javier Bardem or Phoenix or Adam driver. It's very, it's a, it's a, or like Simon Rex. I kind of, I had predicted Simon Rex here instead of Nicholas Cage. 
because I was like, Red Rocket is a critical uh, favorite, but no. There's only room for one of them and, and that's its spot. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. If, if Again, if that was the five minus Nick Cage uh, for best actor, I wouldn't be surprised. If Nick Cage got, got in for best actor, I'd say he probably Nick, would get in for- Nicolas like, Cage feels like sort of like Adam Sandler for your fave on Cut Gems. Yeah, yeah, it does. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, I guess if he got in or anybody else got in, I, to me, looking at the list, it feels like the lone, the one spot where there's like, I don't know, it feels like it would be either Denzel or Dinklage would be like the vulnerable two, though Dinklage has been like a strong contender for that movie for a long time. And it's finally coming out this week in limited release. So, you know, who knows? I, I, think, I think Denzel's probably safe like for the oscars and so then maybe like this I, ends up being like an easy five right i don't know we'll see there's a yeah. lot of people who could be after it but uh for critics choice or sure i don't know and for this i would have probably will winning i still think will would win um yeah like he it, it's funny because like all he's won is nbr right now which is not critics but like all the regionals like he hasn't won anything yet. like benedict cumberbatch is like kind of dominating which which was also expected but not even um like the regionals has will like won anything which but, like it's it's fine like he could just win like coast on the televised awards um but i do think it's funny that like like his co-stars like Anjanu ellis and john bernthal have won and he hasn't yet. yes I was wondering, I was thinking like, is the fact that Benedict and Andrew, Benedict Cumberbatch and Andrew Garfield are like two critical favorites and like, I don't know, like did those guys end up like in the end, do they split the vote between like who the option, who would be the third or the, See, the I think like for Will? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, well, like I think like Andrew Garfield is like the sort of like the surprise pick in some ways um because like tick tick boom did not do any festivals and it was just mm-hmm. kind of like there was no like we talked about this before like there was no like real like lead up hype into it it was just kind of like oh it's premiering like this week and you know, on netflix and then like um i don't even think like based on like the top 10 like on my netflix like i don't think it was number one ever i don't know um, i think it well it definitely was in the top 10 though I think. yeah yeah, but it wasn't like, you know, like Unforgivable this past weekend, number one, you know. Right. So uh, I still haven't watched it, Joyce. Uh, don't spoil it. Unforgivable? Yeah, no. I sure. haven't watched it yet either. Sorry to Sandra and Viola. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, but um, anyway, <laughs> like, I think, like, Andrew's really good in Tick, Tick, Boom. And like, he definitely carries the movie. Right. And I think people are, like, really taken by that performance. Um, so I think he's he's sort of, like, the surprise, like, oh, like, you know, maybe like the, before the movie premiered, we would have had him in like maybe in like the six to 10 spot. But now like everyone who watches it like really loves him. And right. I think he's like carrying this movie to a Best Picture nomination. I think so, too. Uh, so that's that's fun. Uh, best Actress. We'll speed through some of these. Uh, honestly, this was a we've talked about this a great category. A lot of fun. The nominees here from the Critics' Choice Awards. Jessica Chastain, Verizon, Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for Lost Daughter, Lady Gaga, House of Gucci, Alana Haim for Licorice Pizza. Nicole Kidman for Ricardo's and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Uh, I was surprised somewhat to see Alana Haim in there instead of Rachel Zegler, but they have a breakthrough performer, which I feel like mm-hmm. that was where Rachel got nominated uh, instead of here. And while you could have put Alana Haim in there as well, I think the fact that she's in Haim is like makes it less of a break. You know, she's like been famous already, I guess. That would be the argument. I don't know. Um, it's, it's called... 
younger actor, right? Is that what it is? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think it's younger because, well, because Alana is also going to be 30 in two days. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and Rachel is is 20. Yeah. So makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like they could have, they could have like, like Zen, Zendaya at her. Cause like, you know, remember last year Zendaya got in as well. I think last year this had seven nominations uh, yeah. or this category had seven nominees. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, kind of like the usual suspects. Um, I have, I have most of these, honestly, in mine. I, I, I think I have all of them except for, uh, I guess Alana. I think that I, and Chastine, I, I actually have bumped out also. I was surprised here that like no uh, Penelope Cruz, I thought would rate here for the Critics Choice Awards because again that is a critical favorite, uh, but maybe not those. Yeah, kind she of hasn't critics. really been doing that well. Um, no. So yeah, I don't. No Jennifer Hudson for Respect, another one I thought could rate here. Yeah, well, like like her, like Jennifer Hudson, Jessica Chastain, and Nicole Kidman are have like this similar kind of film and role, so to speak. So not to say like they're fighting for the same type of voters, but I don't think there's room enough for three of them unless they do like eight nominees. Right. Uh, so I would, I, I'm going to stick with Nicole winning here because I just think that she could win, but I do wonder, will there be a, a Lady Gaga I think push? You mean for the Oscars or Critics' Choice? Both. I think both Nicole could win. I think they'll Maybe. give it to Kristen. Like they'll, Critics' Choice will give it to Kristen here. Okay. Like, it's, okay. like, come on. Not <laughs> like, Lady Gaga, Joyce? I don't like... <laughs> I, I also feel like like New York film critic circle kind of stole people's right, you thunder. Want the, maybe like, like the quote unquote novelty of it, I guess. Yeah, it's like they they did like the cool thing. It's also interesting that no one else has uh, awarded her since then yet. Right. So, but uh, I think I think Kristen is winning here. I don't. She she could or could not win the Oscar, but I think she's winning here. Like, can you make the case for Alana to win here? To win here? Yeah. Much stronger picture. Spencer, I don't know how many. I think uh, Licorice Feeds had like eight nominations here from the Critics' Choice, including Best Picture. Yeah, but I feel like they could just like take care of like PTA and like everyone else. I get. I'm just saying, I could see see an argument where maybe she wins, Alana. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, but I, I think she needs a lot more like, like she has like the raves like Kristen, but I feel like 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 the 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 people in this group just like kind of want Kristen to win as well, you know? Sure. I guess yeah. the argument, the other argument I would make is that like, and again, not not this is just the fact. They're all like uh, you have three performances, four performances here. Excuse me, where the per- they're playing a real life person with like makeup and you know like affecting a different look, right? So like Jess Chastain, Lady Gaga, Nicole Kidman, and Kristen Stewart. So then if they're all gonna knock each other out or like knock into each other. Then you're left with Olivia Coleman versus Alana Hyam. I could see Olivia winning for sure, but I'm like, maybe Alana sneaks in. I don't know. You know, I, I, we can't ever underestimate Olivia Coleman because she right. just wins and we don't predict her to win. So, so. <laughs> all right. Um, best supporting actor. I was curious to see what the critics' choice would do because that is another messy category. And and like we are, are oh, I am. I think I'll speak for both of us. Incredibly disappointed that Ben Affleck didn't come in here. Uh, what is it going to just take like to just get, completely wild, especially after what they did last year? <laughs> what is it going to take to give Ben Affleck a, a nomination for Last Duel? Uh, have you not seen the tweets? Just look at the tweet. That one viral tweet. And also, viral. they they started voting after that tweet. I mean, just how is like, he not what? in here? Uh, but anyway, it is a great, the funny thing is, it's still a great list. Like, I really like this list. Uh, Jamie Dornan and, uh, 
Kieran Hines. Yeah, so you finally got it. <laughs> Donald Clark, that one was for you, hopefully. And, and Kieran <laughs> as well. Uh, Troy Kotzer for Coda, Jared Leto for House of Gucci, J.K. Simmons for Ricardo's, and Cody Smith for Power of the Dog. Troy Kotzer is is happening, I think. I put him in this morning in my predictions. Uh, mm-hmm. He's nom- He's won that at the Gotham's. He was nominated here at the Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, Coda is continuing to hang strong as a Best Picture contender. I think it feels like he should get in. And I think if this is the list that gets Yeah, like in, the category is open enough for him to get in. So And people love that performance. And he's like hilarious in it and has absolutely the most emotional individual scene, I'd say, in the film, right? With like uh, Amelia's and when they have their little like, uh, they their like heart to heart. Yeah, and she performs for him. Yeah. I'm like so emotional. So I think he should get in. And I really like, I'm excited for that. I think Dornan and and, Hein- and uh, Heinz are in as well. Then you got Jared and Cody Smith McPhee. I could see that being like the five. I guess I still have Jared winning. And I think here, what if Dornan wins? Has anybody said more? What if Jamie Dornan, has anybody uh, said hello to more critics this year, let's argue, than Jamie Dornan? He's been at every event. He's sung Everlasting Love like at least three He's going to host like private concerts now, now that he's like gotten in. I got to <laughs> imagine the amount of people who already have a selfie in the Critics' Choice Award, in the Critics' Choice group who have selfies with Jamie Dornan is, is, is sky high. So I think all of that leads me to believe he could win. So it'll be interesting to see what, because I would say like Cody is the ostensible front runner. Yes. Um, so they, they could just give it to him, which would be like, like the easy route, you know, so to speak, but like this category, like the last five years, we've had like outright front runners. So it was like easy for them to just continue to like rubber stamp them. It was like double Mahershali, um, Sam Rockwell, who like, he like, um, Willem Dafoe was like the actual critical favorite, but you just kind of knew that like, once the televised awards started, yes, yes. like Sam Rockwell would take over and he did. And so that was like, like an easy pick and then Brad Pitt and then Daniel Kaluuya this past right. season. All so we don't like, I wouldn't say like Cody is as strong as any of them were like, cause it's, you know, like we talked about this last week, like how like the past couple of years supporting actor has had like co-leads like just be mm-hmm. like an obvious pick like very early on and we don't really have that this year and like cody just feels sort of like the default so i could see him winning but i could see them i i think if they're going to give it to a belfast guy it would be heinz and not Dornan. i guess i mean heinz would make sense and i think he's like i think he's actually runner up in our oscar odds i know it's different than the critics choice yeah if the critics choice awards are pretending to be the oscars like then that's like the logical thinking i guess i would say the only thing the reason I would actually lean towards like a Jared or even a, a Jared Leto or Jamie Dornan or Troy Kotzer here, honestly, is because um, at least anecdotally, I'd say like the supporting performances are usually like, like you said, either like leads or co-leads or like a lot of like a big performance, right? Like there's like a lot going on or like a, like high energy, let's say. And the Cody Smith McPhee performance is great, but he is incredibly eternalized, right? Internalized, excuse me. And uh, he's not eternalized. I don't think he's in Eternals too, Joyce. But uh, I mean, he, he could be, like, why not? Be. Maybe he's going to be there. Who knows? He's got, he's on the ship with Harry Styles. Well, he was Nightcrawler, I think, in some of the X-Men movies too, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I was just like, it is a small, it's not, it's not a smaller performance, but it is like a more internalized performance. And I'm like, I wonder if a bigger performance where like Jamie Dornan doing a full charm offensive in Belfast or Troy Kotzer or Jared Leto doing uh, the Jared. I mean, like Jared is the biggest performance if you're going like, to. Is it the like, biggest performance you've ever seen? We don't need to talk about that right now, but think about that for the next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the biggest, it's so big. It's, it's like, like it's big in so many ways. It's like the Thanksgiving Day parade float. That's how big it is. It's the <laughs> biggest performance. Uh, so that's supporting actor. Supporting actress. Um, oh, actually, you know what? Rewind. Uh, let's go back to supporting actor because somebody who's missing here is Mike uh, Feist. Yes, our guy, Mike Feist. Very disappointed. But you know who did nominate him today? The Chicago Critics. So I feel like that's like just some like Midwest solidarity because he's from Ohio. We'll so. Take it. Yeah, like we need to start building momentum. I think the problem, like West Side Story kind of underperformed here. I guess you could say like Rachel got snubbed an actress. Um, and I kind of feel like it didn't like start its buzz like quick enough because it premiered on November 29th. Right. And that was when, you know, all the reactions came out and everything. And it just opened this past weekend. I don't care about a box office, whatever. Um, but, you know, of like the December releases, like that, Don't Look Up, uh, Ricardo's and Nightmare Alley. I think this kind of had like, along with Ricardo's, had like low expectations. But Ricardo started screening earlier, and like you saw it in like early November. They were screening it pretty early. It's, yeah, it's and I feel like they, they it, like West Side Story should have probably started doing that like the week before Thanksgiving, like what Don't Look Up did, and like yeah. you know have like the social reactions out there. And I feel like he probably would have gotten in had that happened. So I still believe in Mike Feist. Okay. I, I don't as much as you could probably guess. I'm like already flip-flopping on everything. But uh, I was just like, if you look at this list and like, if this is like. Oh yeah, for sure. This could totally be like the Oscar five. I'm assuming one. like, I, I think J.K. Simmons is awesome in being Ricardo. I, I could see him getting nominated. Obviously he's a past winner. Um, if what If this is the list and this is the top six, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess. And then it's just like, yeah. who do you pop out for fights? I would say I like know. of this, Probably, like I think um, Heinz Kaiser and Cody Smith McPhee are in like three, and then any of the other three, I think you could replace them with two other people. And also, we still have SAG, and they still have a month of voting to go. Right. <laughs> also, True. someone else who's not here, Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza. <laughs> right. Which again, I think goes to the fact that maybe his performance will get more of like an extended cameo, even though he rules and like steals the whole movie and, and should get nominated. Like, it, we could have those those three and then like Bradley Cooper and like Feist and then like I'll be happy. <laughs> Would be awesome. Uh, best supporting actress again, just like cut and paste from the gold derby odds. It feels like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Katrina Ball, Belfast, Ariana DeVos for West Side Story, and out uh, for Mass, Kirsten Dunn for Power of the Dog, Anjanelle Ellis for King Richard, and Rita Moreno for West Side Story. It seems yeah. like the five. I would. I have that five minus and Dowd. Shame. The one who I popped out. Yeah. Uh, this I is, haven't had end out for months. <laughs> Sorry. This is this feels like um of all the categories, I think this is like kind of coalesced into a five. That's yeah, especially since um West Side Story came out. And I just so like I don't sound like I'm contradicting myself. I feel like West Side Story was able to get two spots here because the Anita role, like Ariana DeBose, and also the fact that Rita Moreno was returning in this version as a new character, like they were already on people's radars. Yes. 
Whereas like Mike Feist wasn't really as rough. People you know? probably didn't even no offense to Mike Feist or even the acumen of critics, but I was like, people probably had not seen him or heard of him before, right? Or like unless not, I mean, like he's, I people. mean, unless yeah, they've seen like Dear Evan Hansen. Like he's 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 a, a Broadway star, but like I I like I knew who he was before Me this. I never we're seen just him so smart. We know <laughs> obviously. I mean, just, but like you're right. I think Aaron and the Bose people had insight on scene just because of Anita as the part. Yeah. And Rita Moreno, while nobody really had her in before the movie started screening, she's Rita Moreno and it's like, great. Uh, so not much to say there about supporting actress. I don't know who, I, I mean. Well, you know who's not here? Uh, critical favorite, Ruth Nega. True. So, so yeah. Passing really. Uh, not not passing a room for Ruth Nega. Like wiped out, it seems like here. And also Lost Daughter did not perform incredibly, uh, exceedingly well here either, I would say. Because you could have imagined a world where like, Jesse Buckley gets yeah, in Jesse Buckley or, or like, Dakota Johnson. Yeah. But I wonder if there's too many, too many good performers in that movie and it splits the vote. Who knows? Um, yeah. But like, yeah. like, uh, well, not, not to jump ahead, I guess. Oh, well, like, yeah, like passing couldn't even get like adapted screenplay. So. Right. Whereas like, Which is a, right. right. Uh, who would you have winning here, Joyce? If you're predicting. Um, I'm predicting Ariana to win the Oscar. Um, so I I guess I should say her where she, like she like that performance is like speaking of big, it's not Jared Leto big, but yeah. it, it's like it's like a controlled detonation joint. Yeah. Like and and we know Anita is like an award-winning role anyway. That's why like people were already like thinking about her um for yeah. this. So I I could see that. And I guess, you know, like Katrina, I I've always felt like she was kind of like a placeholder in a way and so i don't know i mean like belfast did do really well here with 11 nominations so um, I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with dunst here myself mm. I think she's are gonna, you are you gonna wait so is this your your dog acting win probably yeah because i'm not gonna do for supporting i think i'll i think i might well i'll do jared or uh or uh kieran for, for for supporting probably and then i'll do yeah kirsten here and okay. then power of the dog best picture and then will for actor yes and uh, yeah i could see kirsten she she won um critics choice for fargo the only award she won for that performance and i mean people i think it's like if people want her to win i think there's like a good goodwill to, for her in the critical circles mm-hmm. so and i think the, if you go through the list it's like you could argue that Ariana and Rita Moreno split the vote because like, I'm sure for every other, you know, for every person who's like Ariana DeBose should win, there's probably like a sentimental pick of like Rita. And then Katrina, like you said, like maybe the nomination is the reward. Yeah. It, it's funny. Cause I feel like, you know, after Telluride, everyone was like, she's like the best performance in the movie of the four adults. And, but she hasn't really been performing like it is no. like she hasn't won that many or any really no. critics awards. Like Kirsten has won a few. Ariana has won some. So uh, yeah. let's move on. Best young actor, young actress. This is when you schooled me before when I realized that Alana Heim is like 30 years old and not an actor. <laughs> she and she still looks very young. <laughs> She's younger than both of us. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody looks young to me. I mean, yeah. I'm a thousand years old. Uh, Jude Hill for Belfast. Uh, Scott Feinberg's potential best actor nominee there. Uh, Cooper Hoffman for Liquor's Pizza. Amelia Jones for Come On. Akota. Woody Norman. Come on. Come on. 
tonight Sydney King Richard and Rachel Zegler for West Side Story. I love this group here. It's a great, uh, really great. Remember no when Alan Kim won last year? Oh my so God. Wonderful. Uh, I think Rachel will win here. That'll be my guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Cause that's, I think that's of like, no offense to any of these, uh, some of these who are actual kids. Um, but I feel like that's a very, like a star is born performance yeah. more so than some of these other ones. All, all great. All great. I, I love Tania Sydney in, in King Richard. So, so, so good. If you, if you look at the movies and how they performed, I guess the only other option would be Jude Hill for Belfast. But I wonder uh, I just think Rachel Ziegler is like the pick because I think a lot of these people would have her in for best actress if they were making Oscar predictions personally. Yeah. So I don't know. I think she'll get in. Uh, and then we have a best acting ensemble. One of your favorite movies in here. Yes, it's true. <laughs> uh, Belfast, Don't Look Up, The Harder They Fall, Hell Yes, uh, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. So clearly I'm just going to predict The Harder They Fall because that movie... Rules. Well, you know what? Actual ensemble here. I don't know what Licorice Pizza is doing here because that's a two-hander with a bunch of cameos. <laughs> so Licorice Pizza is not an ensemble, I would agree. Uh, not yeah. at all. It's uh, just like Side- some, some big names in this movie with two other people. <laughs> I think uh, I wouldn't even... Call- I- no offense to power of the dog i understand why it's here because it has like multiple nominations as actors but i also would say that's not an ensemble because like mm-hmm. it is very much like a lot of two two uh two-hander scenes and like not yeah not and then really... the way the chapters are split there's five chapters right yeah yeah and then it just doesn't feel like an ensemble yeah to me and, and then you have like cody disappearing for a book of the first half and then jesse disappearing for a book of the second half so I mean, if you're doing what I would describe as ensemble, and then how is Coda not in here? Yeah. Truly um, strange. A totally strange oversight. I mean, you I, know, I have Coda in at SAG ensembles. <laughs> hey, I, I don't understand it at all. It makes no sense to me that it's not here, especially as a Best Picture nominee. And like, of, of all these movies, like, of an acting ensemble, like, that is a great ensemble. They all are working well together. And again, like, doing a family seems like you really have to work together to, like, make that seem genuine. But alas, yeah, I think I think like the laziest, like I can sort of understand Power of the Dog, but I think like Thanks. the laziest one is Licorice Pizza. Just just, uh, just totally uh, incomprehensible to be. Yeah. No, and like, don't look up. I mean, don't look up has a large cast and yeah. like they don't all interact. No, but it's still a lot of scenes with a lot of people. Um, and if I was making if I was if I was doing this, not that it matters. <laughs> Coda and King Richard would absolutely be in here again, because I think those are. I have those two in that tag. Ensemble movies where like the acting ensemble works. I think West Side Story does work too because I think mm-hmm. it's like an acting troupe because you have so many dancers and performers. Yeah. And then the, the dancing ensemble as well. Yeah. Like just but, like the gym sequence alone. Right. Like, uh, based on this list, I think Belfast is like locked in without any real other competition from true ensembles. I think you could argue that it would take it here. I guess. Does does like uh, size matter here? Let me let me look up their past winners because I know last year was Chicago stuff. <laughs> yeah, but that one at least I could argue was like an ensemble. Yeah. Though I think I picked Minotti for that one. Um. Okay, so Chicago Seven we know has a large cast. Year before was The Irishman, also big. Um, but then by o- that o- over eventual too. SAG winner Parasite. Um, the Parasite's a real ensemble. I guess yeah. if you go with the Irishman logic, like Don't Look Up would be the comp, I think, because it's like yeah. a lot of fans. And then the year before that, The Favorite, which is a small cast, 
But so, a great ensemble. They worked great ensemble and they all interact. That was only five people, which is like comparable to Belfast. I think Belfast is going to take this one. But I'll, if I was voting, I'd write in Coda. Just put it right at the top. Coda should win this category. Let's do a recap. And then they'll just like, we're not counting this ballot. <laughs> like they'll burn about. They're going to be like, you're not even in this group. Why are you sending it? Uh, why, why is this like snail mail stamped? Like what's happening here? <laughs> don't, don't click the link. Don't click the link. Um, best director, Joyce. Uh, again, if this was the Oscars, it seems totally reasonable to believe that it could be Paul Minus Thomas Anderson, <laughs> Pizza, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, Guillermo del Toro for Nightmare Alley, Spielberg uh, for West Side Story, and Denny Villeneuve for Dune. I have that five. Actually, no, I don't. I have four of those five, Joyce. I, I made a last second ditch here. I put in uh, Ronaldo Marcus Green in my Oscar picks. Wow. For, for Best Director, which we can talk about later this week. But for the critics' choice... <laughs> That's, That's a great, like the tease. <laughs> Whatever. But this is a, this is a solid list. Seems this is, likely. this is again, like, like the top, like six people. Yep. Like, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I, I don't have Guillermo in my Oscar uh, mm-hmm. picks or uh, Kenneth. I, right. I haven't updated that, um, but I, I, I have Adam McKay in there, which I, who I think could still get in. Um, I think you could get into. Um, or I'm like contemplating like, are they just going to do like a, a non-English like nomination, like pick, you know, like, like the artsy, like, like, like yeah. Thomas Vinterberg last year, you know? Right. I mean, as Garfa Hardy could probably get in here yeah. for the Oscars for a hero, which I know Amazon is releasing. So soon. I think, I think Jane is going to take this. I agree. Uh, yeah. I think so. And because I think we'll go to the next category where I think Paul Thomas Anderson will win. Uh, for Best Original Screenplay, the nominees are Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Zach Balin for King Richard, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Anna McKay and David Sirota for Don't Look Up, which I think is a funny credit because I'm pretty sure Sirota just has a story credit because I think it's written by Anna McKay, not a co-screen. Yeah, writer. but they they award the story credit. Okay. Too, and so then that, uh, yeah. Aaron Sorkin for being the Ricardos. So I, I think that this, I have this exact list for uh, Oscars. For best original screenplay, no, no, no substitutions. And I have Paul Thomas Anderson winning there, and I will have Paul Thomas Anderson winning here at the Critics' Choice Awards. Interesting. I have Come On, Come On in place of King Richard at the Oscars. Um, yeah. So, but I, I agree. I think this will be uh, the PTA Consolation Prize. Like uh, mm-hmm. screenplay has been so many times before <laughs> yep. for auteurs. <laughs> We recently saw it with Spike Lee, obviously, for his uh, Oscar. I mean, yeah, like Jordan Peele, yep. uh, Emerald Fennell. It goes on and on. Yep. Like Kenneth Lonergan. Sophia Coppola. <laughs> yeah. Spike Jones. Yeah. Uh, uh, Barry Jenkins, when they yep. moved uh, Moonlight into Adapted. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, best Adapted Screenplay? Uh, Jane Campion, Power of the Dog. Maggie Gyllenhaal, Lost Daughter. Uh, Sean Hader for Coda. Troy, uh, Tony Kushner for West Side Story and John Spates and Denny Villeneuve and Eric Roth for Dune. That was the one that I was surprised made it in. I think I had passing in and I had predicted that, that did not in. surprise me because a uh, lot, lot of Dune fans in this group, I would say, yeah. and on film Twitter. So, so yeah. this one, I'll be curious to see what wins here. I actually think Maggie Gyllenhaal could win for Lost Daughter. I think this is a good place to honor it. And if West Side Story, I, I mean, you could also say like Coda could win here. I think the fact that Jane seems like an overwhelming favorite to win best director would mean that there's not as much pressure to give her best adapted screenplay. I would, I would say she's more of a lock here than in director, but I think she's winning both. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> good night for Jane Campion. She's going to love it. And I can't wait to see which critics ask her what her favorite Marvel movie is. But did you see PTA said uh, uh, superhero films are not destroying cinema? No, but I was listening to him. You know what? He loved Hawkeye. You know why? Because all his I kids love are, Hawkeye too. His kids are all like 16, like 12 to 16 or whatever. You know, they're very in the wheelhouse for Marvel. He yeah. says watching Marvel stuff, Paul Thomas. Yeah. It's great. He watched, he watched Venom. <laughs> Do you want to go through all these or what should we do? You could do, I mean, those are like um, the top categories. Anything else stand out? Um, you know, below the line. I don't know. line stuff. Mm. I wanted, why don't we go to, uh, let's do a couple. They have a couple of like, uh, we'll do best comedy. Is it a critic? Oh, the genre. They got rid of the, the, the acting genre categories. Like remember like comedy actress and yeah. stuff and action actor. Yeah. No, so no more of those. A lot of, uh, I would say uh, a liberal definition of comedy. Uh, the nominees are Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, which is a comedy, not one I particularly enjoyed, but definitely a comedy. Don't Look Up, uh, Free Guy, French Dispatch, A Lav Riot, and Licorice Pizza. I mean, um, I guess those are comedies. Yeah. You know, they're funny moments in, in French Dispatch and Licorice Pizza. I wouldn't call them comedies, but I also can't think of other comedies that were out this year. That would qualify. Would you put your beloved Cruella in here? No, it's not really a comedy wow. either. I don't think it's no. a comedy. I don't know what a comedy is anymore. Marvin Starr is a comedy. You know what's a comedy? Succession. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I don't. You know what? I would have supported a Jamie Dornan nomination for Barb and Star. Really, really great stuff. And then let's do the music ones because we obviously there's like. Because our, our boy is here. So for best song, you have Be Alive for King Richard, uh, Dos or Guetas from Encanto, Guns Go Bang from The Heart of They Fall. Is that the Jay-Z one? I think so, right? Yeah. You Just should know. Up. This is your favorite movie. I don't movie. remember the names of the song. <laughs> Just Look Up from Don't Look Up and No Time to Die from No Time to Die. So this is a great opportunity for the Critics' Choice Awards to go. Beyonce wins a Critics' Choice Award for Be Alive. Over Jay-Z. Over Jay-Z. <laughs> Well, it's definitely the most of this group. It's definitely the most memorable song, maybe. Be alive? Oh, I think the Encanto music is really good too. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you played me ten seconds of No Time to Die, so right. That's, that's no, all that's I have to go thriller. on here. That was a thriller. <laughs> uh, and then best score: uh, Nicholas Bertel for Don't Look Up, Johnny Greenwood for Power of the Dog, Johnny Greenwood for Spencer, Nathan Johnson, who I interviewed, great guy for Nightmare Alley, and Hans Zimmer for Dune. I think I think uh, Hans is going to take this one. This is an awesome. This is a good line. I don't know if he's winning the Oscar, but I, he's winning this. Man, he really probably is. But this is a great line up here. It uh, is, yeah. No notes. No notes. Great, great, great scores all around. And not even again the right Rattel one. Maybe I still think that Cruella is maybe a better uh, Rattel uh, song uh, score. Uh, it's so you know, good. you know what they should nominate him for the Succession season three score. <laughs> Love that. When is it coming in? Nicholas Bertel, hit me up on Twitter. When are you releasing the, the score? <laughs> Joyce, before we get to Succession, do you want to quickly go back to the TV awards? The TV awards, uh, the nominations that were announced last Monday. Yes. You know, the Critics' Choice is so big they can't do TV and movie nominations on the same day. <laughs> Joyce, you got to keep the engagement going. It's just got to be I like know. it's like releasing TV episodes once a week. You know, you got to keep doing it. Um, we've gone through a lot of the drama stuff last week, I think, because of uh, of Succession. We talked a lot about uh, what you think of anything else. Like, why don't we look at comedy? Comedy. Um, happy for Only Murders in a Building. 
So you got best comedy series for Only Murders. You got two yeah. best actor for Steve Martin and Martin Short. Uh, and Selena Gomez. And Selena Gomez for best actress. Yeah. And then our our girl, Renee Elise Goldsberry, got in for Girls 5 Eva. Love that. Uh, <laughs> they're they're going to lose to Jean Smart. It's okay. She deserves. Who's going to, you think, do you think Sudeikis wins for best actor? Seems likely. Oh, yeah. He's just, for yeah, he's just going to repeat. Like, they're not, they're not like done with actors. it yet. No. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Ted is going to win series um, so what about supporting I, actor in a comedy so you only get one ted lasso guy brett goldstein and then you've got a lot of like very, this is actually like a really eclectic group i would say right yeah i think uh, i think brett is winning like it's you still it's, it is an interesting group but i think brett brett and hannah wanting him yeah it's just gonna be like the emmys again <laughs> maybe uh best limited series mayor of Easttown, probably again in a route here, but a good list. Uh, Mayor deserve, I mean, Mayor didn't win the Emmy because of Queen's Gambit, but that's not here because it won last year. So sure. I would love for Mayor to win because it, it deserves a series win. The only one it's won so far is the TCA award uh, for which I voted for. So yes, Mayor of Easttown won because of me, only me. Um, this lineup is interesting because of what's not here. This, there's eight here, right? Am I mm-hmm. counting right? Yep. So it's dope yep. sick. Dr. Death, It's a Sin, Made, Mayor of Easttown, Midnight Mass, Underground Railroad, and WandaVision, and they snubbed the White Lotus. Pretty shocking, right? Yeah, because it got got acting nominations um, for Jennifer Coolidge and Murray Bartlett. So, yeah, no no White Lotus in limited series. Um, I'm kind of shocked. Yeah, the thing is, it's like with eight nominees, you don't need that much to win. No. You know? <laughs> no. I wonder if I wonder if Midnight Mass ends up really performing well here. Could make the case. Um multiple acting. It's, it's it's like it's like a cool pick, I think, but I don't know what like what would it win. I don't think it's winning series. Well, it could win best series, honestly, unless Mayor of Easttown does, right? Yeah. Like okay, would so let's say, say like Mayor of Easttown is the front runner, like what would be second? Because you can make an argument for Maid being second. I think either Maid or Midnight Mass, because I can argue that Hamish Linklater could win Best Actor. I mean, I guess the probably the favorite would be Michael Keaton for Dope Yeah. But I yeah, don't like think Dope that got in here. It did. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm like, I don't know. I could see I could see something midnight going, going to Midnight Mass. Because Zach uh Zach Guilford also got nominated, but I think yeah. that's our boy uh, Evan Peters will win there. Evan Peters Zapes. Um, yeah, like I think actress is Kate. Kate, Kate is just going to sweep <laughs> everything. Uh, yeah. So those are, that's the critics choice award choice, uh, before any, anything else before we go to succession. Um, I don't think so. Succession again, uh, eight critics choice nominations. How many that's just for season two then, or this season? And if they did this before it's for this season, they did it before even the finale. Yeah. So they hadn't seen the finale cause no one saw the finale until yesterday, Sunday. I got an HBO at uh, 8.59 with a, a link to the... Uh, the screener. So yeah. It was great, great timing. I could watch the whole thing in a minute before watching it on HBO. I know. I, I watched it on the screener site. <laughs> uh, no, like a 10 out of 10, I would say, for the finale. Just, okay. 
third year in a row, third season finale in a row, just like out of the park. Perfect. Perfect. How does the show keep getting better? Everywhere? I don't know. And it's just like, uh, like, I mean, we knew like it was going to win writing again at the Emmys and like, he's going to submit this Jesse Armstrong who wrote it. Um, Let's talk about this from an let's talk about this from an Emmy standpoint, and then we can. I still want to the way it sets up what happened. Like the show is just so good. And also, if you haven't watched Succession uh, yet, just then we're going to spoil the hell out of it. I would imagine. So I mean, it, it aired on both coasts. It aired. Like, you should have watched game. it. Sorry. You can- <laughs> uh, what I left thinking of the episode was like, how do you give out? Who can you pick for the Emmys? Well, that's what I like texted you. I was like, yes. how do we make sure they all win Emmys? <laughs> So best actor, Jeremy Strong versus Brian Cox. Uh, that's the Critics' Choice Award one as well. Jeremy Strong uh, on the back of that New Yorker profile that made everybody upset. Uh, and then everyone thought Kendall was going to die after last Doesn't week, die. So. He's totally alive. Uh, but has like a, a death of the soul and has now like been reborn. It's, a, it's a figurative death. Yeah. He definitely has. And he, uh, so he finally admitted uh, to the siblings, to Chiv and, and, and Roman, that he had played a part in the death of the waiter at Shiv's wedding, uh, which I've been waiting for him to do since he killed that guy. I mean, he tried to tell Caroline last season and she's and like, he tried he to tell over, he, over an egg. Yes. And, and he, also, he, he also wanted to tell the two of them early in the second season as well. So yeah. it was great to have him finally do that. And I felt like that was like a real turning point for Kendall. And I was actually thinking like, while he didn't die, you, you're going to tell me I'm, I'm wrong. Probably, but I was like the fact that this, the, despite the fact that he didn't die, and I know that Jesse Armstrong is like nobody changes. It does feel like that is the end of the Kendall arc that we've had for three seasons, and now for season four, they could go in a lot of different directions if they want. Oh yeah, for be- sure. Like I, I didn't think like I, I told you last week. Like when I watched last week's episode, like my first thought wasn't that like oh he's dead. It right. was like the dick pics, and then I was like oh people are gonna think he's he's dead, and and yeah, like Jesse Armstrong has said like he doesn't believe like people change and i i do agree that like that version of him like died in that pool yes and now and now that he's like and also he like finally verbalized that like he's not a good person like he has been claiming this entire season like he's like i'm bad like i killed a kid and like i i still don't think that like fundamentally changes like who he is but i think he's he has finally let go that part of him that like wants to like like not well yeah like be the top dog but like try to like take over in the way that he's he has been pursuing it this whole time and now he knows that like he needs to work with his siblings and you could say like they should have been doing this in season one you know but like these are very damaged people and like they all had a part in like in the not. I felt like I was watching the Avengers assemble in that car ride. By the way, <laughs> it reminded me of that, and it reminded me of Mad Men. One of the Mad Men finales when they all go to like the new office. Remember that when like Donna yeah 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 Rick, like they they get the new they bring the team together and they leave some people behind. Uh, Sterling Cooper. Yeah, uh, but like he, but also like if you watch um, Kendall like Jeremy Strong in that final scene in that room, but it's like it's mostly like Shiv. And Logan and Roman talking, right? And he's just standing there, like yeah. he, like has been through this before. It's and a different, like, it's yeah. a different Kendall. It is yeah. a different Kendall, or it's at least he's set up in a different way. And that also pivots to, you know, a lot of the speculation about why they would kill Kendall was just does Jeremy Strong not want to do it anymore? 
which I don't know if that's true or not, but that was like the, that's how people maybe read the profile. Right? I think, like I don't that. think it's like he doesn't want to do anymore. I think people misread. Yes. Um, the, the quotes about him yes. from like his colleagues right. past and present as like, he is a nightmare to deal with. That's Let's it. write him off the show, which is completely incorrect. And right. like, they're, they're like, I mean, they like he and Nicholas Braun hang out all the time. <laughs> we saw, I saw them at, I wish somebody would have asked me from the New Yorker. I saw them hanging out like as friends at the Nightmare Alley screen. We yeah. Were. Like there, if you follow any of them on Instagram, there's always yeah. like photos of them, like hanging yeah. out on that. But anyway, so um, he'll be back in a different capacity somehow. probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had that, but then you have uh, for a Mammy standpoint, man, Brian Cox just, destroying that episode like, oh my god he was scene. having way too much fun in that final scene like when he mocked Shiv <laughs> truly an unbelievable performance I watched it twice and I would watch it again I just was like blown away I think while this season maybe was ostensibly more Roman focused and like definitely like Kendall is obviously like the lead or like the main character I think R- Logan just, just dominated the whole season the trailer promised full effing beast and uh, we delivered on the trailer, I would say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, the, the interesting thing about the show is that, like, like Logan is a lead character, but, like, you could say that, like, none of the seasons are actually from his POV. Because you you would right. say, like, season one is, like, the Kendall season, two right. with Shiv, three, three with Roman, and I'm assuming four will be Tom. <laughs> right. So then we have, so those two for best actor will be actually, like, I don't even know how you pick because they're both so good. I like, assume, let, let them tie. Like, like what episodes do they submit? George? I would like, assume maybe? Jeremy would submit seven, but like that, that confessional scene in this, like my God. So if Jeremy submits seven because it's like the bigger Kendall episode, even though he's probably better than he's ever been in this ninth episode. I think Lo- Ryan has to submit nine. He's so good. I think I know. And then he also has like the, the scene earlier in the episode negotiating with a, Asgard is Han Christian and Anderfuck. <laughs> Great. So good. Uh, so uh, we got that for that. And then best supporting actor. Oh, uh, God. Like, break my heart. I don't Karen, know what to do. Karen Culkin and uh, Matthew McFadden. McFadden? How do you say it? Uh, McFadden. McFadden. Yeah. I'll get it right. Yeah, I got about six more months. Eventually. Yeah, you know, you, you got you got Mike Feist pretty quickly. After, yeah, after that, like weeks. that was a short. It's a short. It's <laughs> very short. Uh, no, so both, I mean, you can make the case for both of them. I think, uh, Kieran, I was again in this last episode, like Kieran just blew me away. Like this, the internal struggle of Roman trying not to like stick over his siblings, but wanting to believe that his dad actually still loves him. Uh, and then when he was just saying like, love, like, like, uh, broken uh, boy, like heartbreaking puppy dog. Really and good. yeah, I would say like, Matthew, I think, had the stronger first half because they were setting up all the Tom stuff and then the prison storyline from like episodes three through seven. And then um, Kieran had like he came through and like he got stuff in the last half. Like if you think about like two weeks ago, this was like the guy who was a complete dick to his brother at his birthday party, like shoved him over. And then last week, you know, we had like the dick pics and like and then he's uh, coming coming through on the deals for his dad 
you know, so he feels like he is like the smart one, the one with like the good business yes. instincts that Shiv does not have. And then this one, yeah, like he's like so torn. And then like, oh my God, when he's like trying to like comfort like Kendall and he's like, oh. he's like, he doesn't know how to be like emotional. It's incredible. <laughs> just cracking jokes. Love I, I would it. assume, I would assume that uh, Matthew uh, McFadian submits episode five, right? Which is the right wing convention. Uh, and he has six great- is the convention. Yeah. Is that six? Yeah. So I think it's a bit six because he has those great scenes at the diner, which yeah. is just awesome. And that's like, I think, and his scene with Kendall is probably his best moment and also pays off again in the finale. The writing of the show is so good. It's, and you can uh, go back and watch the show and like see how they laid the track for every Tom. motivation that happens here. <laughs> and Tom saying like, I've never seen Logan get fucked before and that is literally what happens and logan basically says that back i don't i don't i always win also if if, do you remember in the third episode when he offers him to go to prison for logan and then he goes into that room and he calls someone like you assume it's like a lawyer and then he's like i want to speak to like rex hendon or something and they said that name again last night in that room oh that's awesome i didn't even pick up on that well i was also thinking that like you could argue that Tom's been laying this track since the first episode because when it's like who sent the donuts, the only person oh, yeah, yeah, who knew yeah. that Tom was that they were there is Tom. So Tom has been feeding Logan information. You could argue since the beginning. They didn't show that, and that's like something you'd have to infer, I guess. Not that the show does right here. Like all but. all the clues are there because the thing is, is like Shiv's biggest mistake is she's underestimated Tom, Tom this yeah. entire time. She just tells him everything, like, and she doesn't realize that like he is an actual person who might have his own agenda <laughs> yes and all she would have to do really is show him a modicum of like love and i think he would have been like yeah just like I some know. sympathy for him like fretting about going to prison <laughs> but instead she's just a total dick to him and then it's, it's just blown up in her face so uh yeah that'll be an interesting one i think I would really, I honestly, last night I was like, I think Kieran should win. Tom's a better character. Than oh my Logan. God. Just his facial expressions in the car. And but then like, like I think it's like he, can high, play, he can play, he can play both sides of Roman so well, like just yeah. like the immature, like fuck up, you yep. know, just like cracking jokes and insults. And then when he gets like vulnerable like that, it's like, ugh, it breaks her heart. Like, I really think he'd win. Seemingly best drama. I'm just going to like pencil it in best writing for sure. I know. Uh, and then I think like Sarah can finally win supporting. I think like, I think Jay Smith Cameron will get nominated, but like Sarah just has like the material and then the final shot of her face. Like, so uh, I read a couple of good things. Vulture had a great uh, Hunter Harris was on set with succession. So like hers was a big hers cover for, story. for that scene. We talked about last week that included yes. Kendall that we had not seen yet. <laughs> so like her cover story was like a big uh, refuda- uh, refutation of the idea that Kendall, uh, died because it was like a lot of stuff that we had not seen and seemed like logically like that would make sense and that she was there for it. So she was at a whole big thing in, it, that's on Vulture right now about like the finale and like watching that last scene, which is really cool. Have you read that yet or no? Uh, I have it opened. I haven't read you get You can spoil it for me. Uh, it's just, it's awesome. And you should read it. Everybody should go look at Vulture <laughs> to read it. But uh, the thing that was interesting is that I guess she said they shot different variations of the end. So like at the end, Tom Logan walks out of the room after calling them noisy, noisy pedestrians, which is just awesome. It just totally destroys his children. And then walks out of the room and Tom is walking in and he like gives him a pat on his shoulder, like full Godfather style. And Shiv sees it. And Tom doesn't know that Shiv saw it. So now we end the season with Tom being like, hey, hope like, you're you okay. okay? 
<laughs> what happened? And Shiv knows that Tom sold her out, but Tom doesn't know that Shiv knows. But anyway, in the, they were shot in a different ways. And apparently one of them was that nobody sees, I guess. And another one was that Kendall sees, but Shiv doesn't. So they went with the Shiv one, which I think is actually good, but I would like, it is interesting to think how, what would we have, what would you be thinking if like Shiv had not seen? Well, did you, did you watch like the, after the episode, like the feature rat that they do every week? So I don't know if they mentioned in the story, but like Mark Mylod, uh, who directed it, he directs like all the finales. Uh, he said like, they weren't sure again, like in that vein, like how to end the episode. But once they gave a pass to Sarah to like react that way, he realized like, oh, that's it. Like that's the button to do it. Like, like her face. Right. Yeah. And then I guess other people are speculating maybe she could be pregnant uh, because there's been so much talk about the baby Tom trying to uh, give, you know, have, have a baby with her. I don't believe that she is, but that's another, I guess. I mean, we know Carrie is the one who's pregnant. <laughs> True. True. Uh I don't know. I mean, I'll be very. I don't think she would be, I guess, uh, careless like that because she definitely does not want a baby. Correct. And then, like, her whole thing last week when she's like, I want to have a baby was just to spite her mom because her mom just completely, like, decapitated her during that talk. (laughs) She definitely does not want a baby uh, at all. No. And then, uh, yeah, like, the whole thing with, like, well, in 10 years, you know, like. It's only two and a half, two and a half Olympics, Joyce. That's the way I measure time. Okay. So. so yeah, that's it. Succession. I cannot wait for it to come back uh, for season four. I have no idea. I assume it'll air in like 2023, maybe. I think it could air next year. I think did they say it was the writer's room are starting in January? I mean, I even think, if the, it I, would have I to come back late that, oh. next year. I mean, yeah, it, it like could be another fall thing. Time. Yeah. December, maybe, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I hope it's 11 episodes since we only got nine this season. And I do. I actually hope that they say that there's only two seasons left where this is the end of season three. I'd love to get to season five. Yeah, I think five. I've always envisioned it as a five season show, and that's perfectly fine. Like this is not this is not like a Dexter where you're just going to like run into the ground and then bring it back. (laughs) So what (laughs) do you think is what what do you think is happening before we sign off in season four? Yeah, Um, I hope I hope Ace Gars is a series regular. Um, cause that would be great. I love his scene with, with Logan. Um, great. and then I love how, like, it was just like how they like low key bonded about like being like things being boring. Yes. Like you can tell really like that's how they hit too. it all. Yeah. Yeah. But that was really good. Especially cause they established last week that that's how he used the world. Uh, Ace mm-hmm. cars. Yeah. Uh, Alexander scars guard for those not in the know on, uh, Ace cars. Ace cars. Yes. Our boy, uh, the tall guy from true blood, as he said in his fag speech. Uh, for big little lies um but yeah that would be cool um if he i don't yeah i guess like i hope they don't do a time jump like how they didn't do one this season they just picked up like immediately after so interesting i actually i actually want a time jump i do kind of want a time jump because they did only because they didn't do a time jump this season so i like the immediacy of the season and how so much happens like based on last season but i would almost be like but how much time would you want to pass? Like a year. Okay. So <laughs> where do you envision know. like Kendall, Shiv, and Roy in a year? I don't know. I can't even begin to think <laughs> of it. I, I mean, I assume that uh, Kendall will just be gone. He wants out and they'll have him doing some pretentious douchebag, uh, you know, like drinking, saving the water or whatever, you know, who knows? And then like... Uh, hey, he's going to put all his uh, communications on his Insta, so... And then... Uh, 
Roman probably somehow being some like hack in LA, I guess. And then Shiv maybe actually in LA (laughs) and then maybe like Shiv with like Tom, because like assuming Tom is still in the company, right? Like who knows? You know, Tom and Ray. Joyce, I I don't write the show and I don't have the good ideas. For a reason. (laughs) Thank God I don't do it. But uh... (laughs) yeah, I don't, you see, this is like a show. I don't, where like, I don't try to predict what they're going to do. Like I just wait for it to happen and then I enjoy it. And I think like the thing with the show is like, there are expectations for like, I think after last season, people wanted like a lot of big things to happen, like someone to beat the other person. And they did not do that at all this season. And like, that's not what the show is about anyway. It's always been about like the dynamics, the power struggle and like the abuse yeah. These kids have suffered. Well, they did do it, I guess, a little. The, the problem is people didn't want it to happen. Logan won. Logan yeah. wins. He yeah, won. but, like, that's the whole point. Like, how, like, screwed up they are. Like, there's still so right. many power shifts right. in the story, even if you don't have, like, maybe you wanted Kendall to win. And, like, even though he didn't win, like... Things so, still happened. I was wondering this, and I wonder if this is like the end of, I don't even, the show is so cynical, I can't actually imagine it would be this, but I'm like, it's actually not about who wins, it's about whether Logan loses, and I guess, does that, is that like the next, two, if it's two more seasons or three more like, seasons? Like, do you, do you consider this a loss for him? Because he, he's willing to sell to. No, I think it's another out. win. It's just, he yeah. always wins. Yeah. And so he'll never lose, and even death wouldn't be a loss for him, because like his, lo- a loss for him would be like, I don't even know. I can't even imagine what it is. I'm sure the writers are trying to think of it, or maybe they're not because he'll never lose because the kind of guy that Logan Roy is doesn't lose. There's no loss for that. Yeah. And then the other thing is like that, that final scene was so good because you have the kids there like trying to make their case and it's like Logan. And then he flew Carl and Frank out. The the Wi-Fi works there. And Jerry's there. Oh my God. The breakup between Jerry and Roman. But it's, and then, you know, now you have um, Tom coming into the fold and it's like the people that he trusts the most are people who are not actually related to him. Yes. hundred percent. It's like his entire board who's been with him for what, like 30 plus years. Yep. Like he can't trust his kids. No. And he thinks they're dumb. <laughs> yeah. Because he thinks they're not, they're not savvy enough to make it work. <laughs> and he's not wrong. That's the thing that's funny about the show. And he was like, yeah, guys- it took them three seasons. I don't know how much time has actually passed on the show. Cause they're kind of like. Not that much. Maybe? No, yeah. they're pretty. I mean, they haven't had the election yet. So I'm assuming they're still in 2020 because right. they said like the elections in six months during that whole thing. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, but. Joyce, this is great. Uh, this is good. This Any is good. Time? We'll uh, we'll talk on Wednesday. I guess we'll come up with more stuff. I'm sure I'll have more succession thoughts then. But uh, well, you have your your tease for. Um, your your director lineup so yeah can't wait yeah let's <laughs> come back to that all right bye joyce for all things hollywood competition and award season head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at goldderby